to the Great Little Zion Baptist Church. We celebrate your presence here today with us. Enjoy the worship service as you sit back and listen to the singing as it gives inspiration to your soul and then the preaching of the word of God as it gives instruction to your soul. Be blessed as God has a word for you today. What's going on, Zion? Happy Sunday to y'all. Wherever you're at, we need you to come in and join us. If you're in your kitchen, in your bedroom, your living room, it doesn't matter. Come on and join us as we lift up his name right now. That sound good? Let's go. Right here, y'all. I will exalt thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up. I will exalt
Greetings, Greater Little Zion Baptist Church friends, family, and guests. Here are our weekly announcements. We ask that you come and join us for our annual Thanksgiving food distribution. This year done as a drive-through on Saturday, November the 21st from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. If you are in need of a basket, please check the flyer for the information of how to get us your information. On Wednesday night, join us for prayer meeting at 6 p.m. and our virtual Bible study at 7.30 p.m. We will also be having youth and young adult Bible study this month. Our youth Bible study at 6 p.m. on November the 17th and our young adult Bible study at 7 p.m. Join us on the weekends, Saturday, for our youth Bible study slash Sunday school and our adult Sunday school every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. We are so grateful for you all watching us every single Sunday. Make sure to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. We hope that you will be blessed by the worship service today. And thanks for joining us.
Welcome to this worship experience of Greater Little Zion Baptist Church. I want to express my greeting to Pastor Murphy for this opportunity to share with you this morning in his absence. also want to express thanks and appreciation to First Lady Barbara Murphy in her absence. This morning, I want us to look at a familiar scripture in the Old Testament book of Jeremiah 29 verse 11, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. I'll read for your hearing. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. From this one verse of scripture this morning, I want to share on the theme, hope in the midst of despair. Hope in the midst of despair. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for your word that is about to go forth. We pray to God that you will remove us from the way, that your word will go forth with power and with strength, that somebody listening this morning, God, will gain encouragement to run a little while longer, that somebody listening this morning will find peace and hope in the midst of their despair. We say bless your word now, God. May we not only be hearers, but doers of your word. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. So from this one verse, I want to share this morning on the theme, hope in the midst of despair. Sometimes things are not as we want them to be. Despite our best efforts and our circumstances aren't users friendly. In this passage, Jeremiah was trapped in the city of Jerusalem, which was being dis disassembled by the Babylonians. False prophets were telling the people, don't give up, there is still hope. God will surely send a miracle to deliver you. In spite of all of this, Jeremiah's message was, there is no last meaning miracle on its way. The judgment of God is falling. Jeremiah was writing to those who had been taken captive to Babylon. We see P 
people who, the children of Israel, were being removed from their homeland, many of them separated from their families. It seemed like they had all but forsaken what God has promised to them. They were there because they have forsaken God and had trusted in lies. Jeremiah is telling them to settle down in Babylon, to build houses and to plant gardens and not hope for a speedy return to their native land. That's the time of the captivities was going to last for 70 years. For many of them, this was very disheartening. For the false prophets were encouraging them to revolt and telling them that they would soon be returning to their homeland. Jeremiah is now telling them that they should seek to live peacefully in the cities of Babylon, for they were to be there for 70 long years. Living as slaves in Babylon was not a pleasant experience, and to hear the discouraging message of Jeremiah caused many of them to think that God had evil plans toward them. The message of the Lord to the captive, thus said the Lord, after 70 years are accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform many good work unto you, in causing you to return to the place, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. This is always true. The thoughts of God toward his people are always those of peace and not of evil. There are times when it is necessary that God chastise us for our own good. These are the times when we are prone to think that God does not love us anymore. When God has just given us a good spanking, we think that he hits us and doesn't really care about what happens to us. In reality, the Lord has said that his chastening is a sign of his love. Whom the Lord loveth, he chastens. Thus, we are not to despise the chastening of the Lord. In chapter 29, he wrote to the exiles who had already been deported to Babylon, giving the same message. But in the middle of it, we find this remarkable verse of comfort and hope, verse 11. In looking at this chapter, we can learn something about responding to negative surroundings. When we are, at, when we are not where we want to be, how should we respond? Let's look at the, the, the whole passage, Jeremiah 29, verse 4 to 6. In verse 4 to 6, this is what the Lord Almighty says. The God of Israel says to those are carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Married, have sons and daughters. Find wives of your, for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so they too may be sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Jeremiah's point is, there, is, there isn't going to be a last-minute miracle of any sudden solution to the problem. Sometimes in our lives when we find ourselves in a place where we 
think God has forgotten about us, the way we respond to what God has already done in our lives will make a great difference on how we go through what we're going through. The children of Israel found themselves in a situation where they were being taken into captive by the Babylonians. Their false prophets were giving them false hope that God will come and rescue them. But Jeremiah encouraged them and let them know that God isn't coming to rescue you no time soon. He said that you are going to stay 70 years in captivity, after which I will come and I will visit you, for I have a plan for you. This morning, God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for my life. Sometimes it may not seem as if God has a plan when we're going through our trials and tribulations. It may seem that God is far away from us. But I want to encourage you this morning to let you know that despite your circumstances, there is hope in the midst of despair. It doesn't matter what your condition is this morning. I want to let you know that God has heard your cry and he's going to respond to your cry at the appropriate time. In verse 7, Jeremiah tells them that they should seek peace and prosperity of the city to which they have already been carried into exile. So he asked God to bless your surroundings. If they prosper, you will prosper. Jeremiah was telling the people to pray for shalom, the peace of the nation where they have been in exile. No matter where you find yourself this morning, you need to pray so that God, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, will rule and lead and guide your heart this morning. So Jeremiah encouraged them to let them know that they needed to pray for those that have taken them captive. Sometimes it is hard to do when we find our backs against the wall. We, 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 we tend not to pray for those we, we, we tend to be our enemies. And so Jeremiah encouraged them to pray for those that had taken them captive. In verse 8 and 9, Jeremiah warned the exile not to listen to the wrong verse, to the wrong verses that were calling and telling them that, they will soon be released. But Jeremiah encouraged them and let them know that God had a plan for them. Even though they were in exile, God had not forgotten about them. He had a plan to prosper them and not to harm them. And so Jeremiah told them that there has never been so much defiant propaganda directed towards many unthinking people through so many so many angles within the media. And so Jeremiah, in verse 10, he told them, he told them, he said, take the long view. Take the long view of life. So Jeremiah predicted that the nation, Judah, will be destroyed as its capital city will be burned and its people deported. And the entire nation will be wiped out from the face of the earth. But that within 70 years, Judah will be brought back from captivity to their motherland. Sometimes, we, when we're going through, we expect God to send an immediate answer. In the case of Israel, God did not send an immediate answer. Because they have sinned against God, they, 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 they began to worship false God. God allowed the Babylonians to punish them for their sins. 
And so the Babylonians took them into captivity where they were to be for 70 years. And after 70 years, God said he would come and he would visit his people. That's where the, the hope comes in in verse 11. Jeremiah said, remember that those words were spoken to a displaced people, defeated, depressed group in exile. They had hung their harps on the willow trees and had lost their songs. But with the Lord, things are never hopeless. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. From the text, I want to dwell on three important things and I'll get out of your way. My first point is God has a plan for you. You may be at a place of intercession in your life where your faith is bouncing back and forth. But you ask yourself, what's the plan that God has for me? I'm going through this hell, frustration, hardship, no matter what the, 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 the list is. But listen, God has a plan for you from the foundation of the world. He has chosen you. He has chosen you to be his royal priesthood. Paul tells us that the only thing that he wants to do is to know Christ and to know the power of his resurrection and to share in his suffering. God has a plan for your life. And that plan is for you to discover God as your Lord and Savior. Trust him through the thick and thin. God wants you to know that he got your back. He is washing over you. Whether you believe it or not, God has, a, God has sustained you throughout the years. And he's still able to sustain you regardless of where you find yourself this morning. God's plan is for you to prosper and not to harm you. And so you ought to... To, to, to get to your life together and understand that God has a plan for your life. No matter where your life may be, discouraged, disfigured, no matter where your life may be in a bad situation, no matter where your life may be this morning, God has a plan for the foundation of the earth. The plan he put together for your life is to have fellowship with him, is to encourage you to work out the plan that he has already put in place for your life. Secondly, God's plan for you is for prosperity. It's for prosperity. Just as he told the children of Israel that my plan is to prosper you. And the children of Israel did not understand because they found themselves in Babylon for 70 long years wondering when is this plan of God going to materialize. They've been there as slaves serving the Babylonians. They did not understand what God would, what Jeremiah would prophesy and say that God had a plan to prosper them. Sometimes when we are, when our backs are against the world, we don't understand what the plan of God is, how God is going to prosper us. But God is saying that I have a plan to prosper you, a plan that is going to bring you out of your situation, a plan that is going to lift your head up, a plan that is going to give you an expected future, a plan that is going to allow you to experience the salvation of the Lord, a plan that is going to give you the things that God has in store for you, the plan that is going to to bring you out of your, your dark era, the plan that is going to bring you out of the situation you find yourself in, disgusted, broke, broken. God has a plan for your life, and that plan is to prosper you and not to keep you where you are. And so you ought to accept the Lord as your Savior, as your savior and work out your soul salvation right now so that you can begin to walk in the plan that God has for your life. In, 
In the book of Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, it says that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings, of, on wings like eagles. They shall run and not get weary. They shall walk and not faint. I know it doesn't seem like the plan God has is working, but I say to you to keep holding on to his unchanging hand. David said in Psalm 34, 30 verse 5, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I know it is tough right now where you are. I know you don't seem to see your way through, but I want you to hold on to God's unchanging hand. David said weeping may endure for a night, but yes, joy comes in the morning. I encourage you to know exactly what the plan of God is for your life. You need to get your life in order. You need to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. In everything, Paul said, I wish that you would prosper in health and in your finance and in your spiritual walk. Finally, God's plan for your life. He has a plan for your future. For your future. The Lord's plan is to see you through to a better future, flowing with milk and honey, a future that includes fellowship with God, a future that includes communion with God, a future that includes fellowshipping with God. Listen to what 1 John 3 and 2 says. Beloved, we, we are now children of God. It does not appear what we shall be like but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is that's the plan that's the plan for an expected future that god has for you a plan to shape your life a plan to give you hope for the future a plan to make you a better person paul even puts it this way in romans chapter 8 he says that all things work together for good for them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So today I want to encourage you to let you know that even though you may be going through hell and high water, God has a plan for your life. Even though life may be not seem as it, the way you've planned it to go, but God has a plan for your life. In the midst of our crisis in this nation, God has a plan for the people of this nation. God is saying that you should trust in him with all your heart and lean not onto your own understanding. In all of your ways, we ought to acknowledge the Lord at all times. We ought to acknowledge God in everything we do. We ought to acknowledge God and know that he has a plan that is better than the plan that we have for ourselves. A plan to see us through the future. A plan to give us an expected and a plan that God has for us that will cause us no harm but cause us good. Every day, God has a plan for our lives that include a fellowship with him. And so this morning, if you don't know God as your Lord and Savior and you don't have a fellowship with him, you need to seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. He will hear your cry. And so I encourage you this morning to, 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 to get on board with the plan of God in, for your life. Get on board with what God has for you. Before the foundation was established, God already ordained you to be a child of the living God. Before the earth, 
before the foundation was established, God called you a royal priesthood of his people. And so I encourage you this morning, no matter what your life circumstances may be, no matter how dark it may be in your life this morning, I want you to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge the Lord and he will direct your path. For it is he who has brought you this mighty long way. God brought you yesterday. He's able to sustain you throughout your life. No matter where your life circumstances may be this morning, God is able to deliver you. He's able to give you hope in the midst of despair. He's able to give you what you have been trusting him for many, many years. God is able to do exceeding it, abounding it above all that we can ask or ever imagine. That's the God we serve. A God who is able to bring an expected end for us. A God who knows what the future holds. A God who knows what tomorrow holds. And so I encourage you to lift your head or heart this morning knowing that God has a plan for your life. No matter how dark your life may be this morning, you just need to stretch your hand to God and say, Father, I stretch my hands to thee. No other help I know but thee. And I encourage you this morning, if you get on board with the plan of God, everything is going to be all right. And so for the children of Israel, God, Jeremiah encouraged them to let them know that God will visit them after 70 years. And after 70 years, he will return them back to their land. And so I encourage you this morning to take hope in the word of God that says that he has a plan for your life, a plan to prosper you and to give you an expected future. That's the plan for your life. God has an expected future for your life. May God the Holy Spirit bless you. May he remove the scales from your eye so that you can begin to understand that God does have a plan for your life. God bless you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. For those of you who are listening to us in, via internet or wherever you are, if you have not accepted the Lord as your Savior this morning, I want you to, I want to encourage you to Accept the Lord as your, your Savior this morning. If you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, I want to, to say this simple prayer with you this morning. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I am a sinner. Release me. Forgive me for my sin. Come and dwell in my heart so that I may be your child. If you just said this simple, this simple prayer this morning, believe that you have been saved. And we would like to hear from you. Call the church at 703-239-9111 and, let, and share your story with the, with, with the staff and Pastor Murphy. God bless you, and we'll see you again.
Over and over 